Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody. Um, another week, another victory. We're here. That's right. Right. <laughs> well, hello, seekers, mystics, and keepers of the flame. You are tuned to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. <clears throat> well, Howdy. T- today, we complete um, one cycle around the cosmic clock. This is part 12 of our Enlightenment Masterclass series. And today we're going to be talking about something rather mundane, you know, kind of a small topic, which is becoming God's apprentice. Now, what does that mean exactly? You know, becoming God's apprentice, if you want to be the best, you got to learn from the best, right? <laughs> so because we are aspiring to the ascension and merging with the heart of God, there's our teacher, God, and he wants us to be his apprentices, and he's giving us every opportunity to do just that. So the question I want to throw out to you guys right now to start this is, is that really what we're doing, becoming God? Well, we already are God in one sense <laughs> that we have God within us. Yep. Right. And so the purpose of life and is to become one with the presence of God within you. What's, what's interesting about this is we're unique. Every one of us is so unique. There's no one else like us in the universe. Mm-hmm. We have our twin flames. We share many things, but they're still not who we are. And so we are unique creation of God. And this is the, the magnificence <laughs> of God's plan. Isn't it amazing? We yeah. can touch the hem of the garment. That God has created us as individuals, and yet we can become who he is at a certain level because he's already in us. And so we take our uniqueness through gain through experience and life and uh, all we are and apply that. And when we put on our Christ self and we, through our ascension, become one with our I am presence, we are unique manifestations of the Godhead and yet individual and separate in some ways. You know, you could say you're one in their levels, but we're still individuals. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of this whole God's plan. So we are becoming who we already are in one sense. But this is the goal of life. It's not blasphemy to think yourselves that this is the divine plan. This is the divine plan. And again, as we said so many times, Jesus was not the exception. Jesus was the rule. We're walking the same path that he walked so that we can achieve our Christhood and our oneness. So yes, the answer is (laughs) we are working to become God to have that oneness within us. Know ye not, ye are God. So we're we're carrying the bricks in in the mortar, (laughs) and we're learning how to be the master uh, bricklayer, aren't and, we? And the, the incredible thing about this is God gives us free will. And people can choose, and they do choose, not to become that manifestation of yeah. God. They want to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, as it <laughs> says in the, in the New Testament. You know, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do things my way. God says, fine, you have free will. But what they're missing, oh my what they're giving up for some paltry, sensory, temporal pleasure. You know, and life is a process of seeking out and finding the teacher, you know, from infancy, through school, through our own careers as adults, and, you know, on into the spiritual realms. There is that teacher-student relationship that's always being manifest in many forms. This is one of those cases where we get to the highest point, where the ascended masters become our teachers, our, our gurus. We willingly choose through our free will to become their students, their their chilas. You know, and this is the ultimate expression of that is when God says we're 
made in his image and likeness, we're one with him, there's no part of that that doesn't mean there's an exception. It's, it's the rule. And I think we understand that, you know, you don't teach medical school to kindergartners. So <laughs> even though we're working with God, God needs teachers to help us along this path that he brings through our family or other people. Ultimately, we want our teachers to be those who do not have weak spots, shall we say. People may have good intentions, but they may lead us astray through a false teaching or a vibration or problems of psychology. It doesn't mean we don't use human teachers, but ultimately we want God to teach us, and God uses the ascended masters who have that that ascension. They're one with their God presence as being the perfect teachers because they will not lead us astray. Yeah, they're like his God's teaching assistants. Yeah. <laughs> the ascended masters. And what's interesting is that a, a really good teacher will want the student to go beyond uh, the knowledge and the... Uh, oh, Jesus says, you know, the things I do, greater things shall ye do. Yeah. I mean, that always puzzled me. How can we do greater things than Jesus? Well, Jesus, of course, is an ascended master in heaven and so on earth. Um, I mean, when you look at it in one way, this radio show that we have is reaching more people than Jesus ever did in the physical. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's not our doing, obviously. No, no. <laughs> but God in us and God in those that have developed this technology. So the opportunity to follow in Jesus' footsteps and to get out of this mode that we're worthless sinners, that really, you know, we have original sin. I'm not sure where I came in on that, but, you know, we have original sin, and it's only through him we're going to get to heaven. Well, what what does that do to our psyche, to our self-image, you know? And I'm just, even though I'm worthless, I'm saved. Well, if I'm worthless, if that's the way I think about myself, then that's what I'm going to reflect. Mm -hmm. But if we know that there is a way that we can follow Jesus, we can walk in his footsteps, we can be taught like he was taught, that we can go someplace, that we have a divine plan to be co-creators with God because God is in us already. Well, doesn't that open a little wider vista? I would say it does. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't want to take this this element of worthlessness into heaven with me. I, I want to get rid of that here. You, you won't take it to heaven with you, I guarantee you, because you won't get in if you have it. Yeah. yeah. Because you, if you yeah. condemn yourself, you're condemning God, and you can never make your ascension that way. Yeah. I think Mrs. Prophet once put it, when you condemn yourself, you're putting yourself outside of the circle of God. Exactly. And, you know, this brings up a number of topics that we've discussed before and are worthy of being discussed again because we get letters from people saying, you, got, you talk about hierarchy and having the concept of God transcending himself. Well, this is something that continues. It's not static. It doesn't stop at any particular point. God does indeed transcend himself, and that trickles down through hierarchy to us. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to really understand how God transcends himself. (laughs) I mean, the ascended masters don't fully understand God. You know, they're in awe of God. So it's okay if we don't, you know, know exactly how God thinks and acts, but we do know he does transcend himself. Because if he didn't, then we couldn't transcend ourselves as ascended masters for eternity. Yeah. So you can see there's there's never a dull moment in heaven, so to speak. (laughs) Well, we're just talking about, you know, the the difference between going... from junior high school to high school, you you have to transcend the consciousness that you had as a as a junior high student, and you've got to learn to go beyond. And well, so it's a it's a whole brand new thing. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of cycles of learning. You, yeah, you you kind of go to the top of the circle, then you come back down to the bottom again and start over. It's a spiral. Yeah, continuing to climb, you know, the ascension spiral. Yeah, so, I mean, it's never-ending, whereas eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die has a finite end to it. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, and, uh, you know, who do you want to hang with? People that are going to be with in heaven and, and know and been heaven and been there, or people that have chosen not to be of God? Yeah. You know, I'd like to kind of 
go a little bit to the right here for a moment. There was a quote that came to us through our research in last week's show. And I want to read that again because this has a lot to do, in fact, maybe everything to do with what it means to be an apprentice, to be a, a student of the master. The quote is, the goal of life and the Father's purpose for me in my present embodiment as a student of the ascended masters is to be a Christ having authority and dominion over every outer condition. You think about it, why does God want that? Why is that our mission? Yeah. Because um, there's plenty of ascended masters in heaven. There's not too many Christed ones walking the earth today. We don't know how many they are. But because of free will and the law of octaves, if this planet is going to change, we need more people who are the embodiment of their Christ to hold that light. And remember, light is the alchemical key that mm-hmm. will change the equation of planet Earth. I mean, it's dire on planet Earth. Let's not pretend it's anything but that. Yeah. And so we need greater light on this planet. It's not that God wants us to be on the planet. It's because there's not enough people who have embodied the light of the Christ that can hold the balance against the darkness and displace the darkness. If the darkness is not displaced, then it's going to be there. And so our mission is to put on our Christhood. It's not to be lauded and praised and held up on a, a pedestal. It's to hold that light in modesty and in love that there may be a greater balance of that light on this planet, not only to help your family and friends and loved ones, but to displace that darkness, which seems to be overwhelming the planet. Well, and I think this is part of, as we understand cosmic law, that when the darkness is removed, a vacuum is created into which we need to have light to fill it. Exactly. And if we are, and again, I'm speaking to you now who are listening, because you're not listening by accident. We all are given opportunities to serve the light, and this is one way in particular that we can do that, is we can be the ones who volunteer to step into the vacuum and fill it with light to become Christed beings. And we have to, that's that's a path we have to walk to do that. Indeed. We start out where we are. Archangel Michael started out as an elemental guarding a blade of grass. Well, God may ask you to do a little more than that, <laughs> but he's not going to ask you to hold the balance of the world on the second day on the path. So it is incremental both in the light that you carry and the mastery that you have because we are learning mastery, not to perfect a human, but to prepare the vessel to hold that light in harmony and in peace so that we can be a blessing to the world. Nobody may ever know your name, which is fine, but you may be a tremendous blessing to the world because God knows that and the masters know that. And the will of God is good. And when we surrender to the will of God, anything is possible. We can cope. With anything, and and when we and when we hold the balance, in other words, when we become a Christed being, we can hold the balance first of all at a at a small level for our family, and then we can hold the balance for a little uh, more, a little more, maybe cousins, friends, whatever in your community, and then even more. I mean, I have heard it said that some individuals will hold the balance for like a a whole city. You well, know. you can actually hold the balance for millions of people. God in you can do that. Obviously, my human consciousness can't hold the balance for myself, let alone for other people. But God in you can hold the, the light that will help millions of people. I know that sounds unreal, but it's not unreal because God can do it through us if we prepare the vessel. And, of course, the whole thing we're doing here is trying to educate people with the teachings of Senate Masters. So, number one, they know there's a goal. And number two, they know how to get there. And number three, they realize they can be an apprentice to God. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you go into most churches, I'm here to learn how to be an apprentice to God. I mean, they're going to look like, where did this guy come There's from? There's the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right. But we can be because God is already in us and we can learn. If we are willing to humble ourselves 
and take the steps necessary to prepare ourselves to do this. You know, and I think this is probably something you wouldn't want to be saying to your friends and associates. You know, I'm an apprentice to God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we have okay. places for people like <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> right, that little jacket, why don't you try it on? <laughs> well, it's a mystical teaching, you know. This Gee. is this is Maitreya's mystery school. And, uh, you know, for the people that want to get on board and, and, you know, start on this path, you know, this is one of those elements that you have to kind of grapple around the concept, you know, <laughs> sit, sit with it for maybe a week even, you know. You, you know, I think what I love about these teachings, you know, in the East, they've had the guru-chil relationship for tens of thousands of years and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of life for, for a lot of people that embody over there. But for those of us in the West, we haven't quite got onto that. But the yeah. teachings of the masters are designed for everybody, of course, but in particular, for those of us that have spent so much time in the Western culture, maybe gaining a mastery over material things, but not necessarily spiritual things. God meets us where we're at. I love that. I do too. And will open the door for the next single step you need to take. And it's so utterly comforting to just to bear that truth in your soul and your heart, knowing that He will meet you where you are. Yeah. Gosh. Well, we're going to take a short break already. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> When we come back, we're going to hear the first of two excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on confronting and overcoming our karma. Back in a moment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Um, Did you know that the forces you have set in motion determine your lifestyle, your personality, and your character? Every man has a law to his own being. That is the law of God. God is the law, and the law is karma. Here's more. If one surrenders to the will of God, one can cope with anything. If one does not, one will fall apart by the very rattling of one's members like an old machine that that isn't tuned up. And uh, this can become very dangerous. And sometimes, as Jesus said, they draw nigh to me with their lips, but they are far from me with their hearts. And when I see this in people, I know that it is a very great danger sign. And it is better that they attempt not to draw nigh to me at all, but rather live at the distance of their self-imposed karma, their self-imposed law. Every man has a law to his own being. You do. It's the law of God. God is the law, and the law is karma. Forces you have set in motion determine your lifestyle, your personality, your character. And when you do not like what you see, You make a conscious decision instead of moving with the stream of this karma to say, wait a minute, I'm going up to this level. I'm going to move with the stream of God's karma. What is God's karma? God's karma is his desiring to be light and love and beauty and wisdom within you. God has a karma. We are it. He made us. God's got a big karma on this planet and a lot of other planets. That's why he's sticking with it because he follows his own laws. That's an amazing concept, isn't it? But God is a creator, and what we create is our karma. And karma is the cause of the ray in manifestation. So it's the manifestation, the first cause, that we are. We are the effect, the first cause. Therefore, we're the cause of the ray in manifestation. We're God's karma. So God has a level of his will and of his divine plan, and we have our own. And that is where all psychological problems come from. The law says we must pay our debts. Pay what thou owest. We need to understand that our debts can be paid God's way. If we can lock into the will of God and transmute or sublimate human will, we will be integrated with our Christ self. We will be sane and whole and healthy. But if we reject our human karma and with our lips pronounce that we wish to do the will of God and do so in form, but the subconscious and its desire momentums are still tied into the desiring that karma creates. Karma creates desire. How? You do something wrong to someone in some life, you want to do something right to that person. It's a question of wanting to pay one's way. There is a need to love the individual that one has wronged. Even if the individual that you wronged may be no good and no good for you. Even if, by a proper translation of your heart, you could rise to God's level of giving and loving, send love to that person impersonally, assist them on the path, even assist in balancing some of their karma if the great law will allow. 
You can balance karma God's way, or you can balance karma strictly according to the law that is meted out to you by karma without the intercession of Christ. When your Christ self intercedes, that human karma of the lower figure in the chart can become the divine karma of your mighty I am presence. But you can't trade one for the other if it is not done in all of the chakras, in all of one's being, with an absolute pure and perfect love, which means renouncing the wrong desire to go out and do it yourself. You know, I want to do this all by myself. Leave me alone, God. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it until I'm ready to stop doing it. And that's the thing, that's the consciousness that is so locked into karma. What it actually is rejecting is the person of Christ, the mediator, the great transmuter and purifier of our souls. And it rejects the possibility of the great guru, the I am presence, to intercede and say, You are my child. I can pick you up with my hand and raise you to the right hand of God if I so choose. I can transmute or set aside divine law because I love you. The days must be shortened for the elect. They have to be shortened through someone. That someone is your Christ self. If you cannot lock into your Christ self, you need the messenger. The messenger would like not to be needed. The messenger would like you to have perfect poise and peace locked into your Christ self. But in the meantime, the office is established as the additional grace. So it's like the messenger is the mediator of the mediator until you can get to the mediator. So I have seen exactly what Jesus meant. Drawing nigh to me with their lips, they are far from me with their hearts. Therefore, you can tell levels of sincerity or levels of complexity of non-resolution in the subconscious by listening to your self-decree. Now, loudness is not the technique of it. It is at a certain point. When you hear people mumbling their decrees and going very low, you know that they are not mastering the entities or the demons that are attacking them. The reason I'm speaking to you about this is because in the voice, in its modulation, harmony or lack of it, in the manner of speech that people have, we can read a lot about the desire body. And the place to start reading is with your own soul and your own heart. You do not have to necessarily decree loud, but you have to decree with focus and determination. And you are putting into those words love, determination, absolute non-acceptance of anything that is opposing those words. It's a sword and a fire of faith that knows instantaneously, here and now, somewhere, everywhere, that fiat is answered. It has the stealing of the mind in it that does not allow even the contemplation of any opposition to the decree of the word. It remembers the word of the prophet, my word shall not return unto me void. It is a fiat of your Christ self. Now when you gain and you're tall on determination, you're tall on intensity and real power, you find you don't have to decrease so long. And that's important when you have a lot of things to do for God. It's not the length of decrees, it's the quality 
A length of decrees is important because it's giving the brotherhood the energy, a sustainment of energy that is filling in the matrix set. Therefore, you set the matrix with the first one, two, or three decrees of immense power and determination. And then the next 40, it's like filling the vessels with light. The matrix was your determination and faith and a strong visualization. And then the rapid repeat following that is a momentum of drawing down light. You know, I think it's interesting that we, we start out talking about karma and we end up in this excerpt at least talking about decrees. And of course, the association there is pretty clear that by doing decrees on a regular basis, we can transmute our karma. Exactly, because you're taking God's energy and you're focalizing it through a scientific formula that was given to us by the ascended masters. They're not just mere words. They are chalices that when we use them properly, properly will become a cup of light that will hold light and draw forth the light in this embodiment for the masters to use and the angels to use to bring about God's will. And it's a magnificent concept when you consider it. And, of course, when you're decreeing, for example, for a situation in the Middle East or terrorism around the world, you're decreeing for that. But by your decrees, you're also doing what? You're balancing karma. Mm -hmm. So you you get two for the price of one. (laughs) You get changes in the world and you balance some of your karma because you're using God's energy in a right way, which counteracts the times when we've used it the wrong way. Plus, you get the multiplication and the grace of God. And, you know, the intercession of your Christ self, it's a grace because, you know, if you think we've been around for thousands of years, that's a lot of potential karma. And so our efforts almost become a token to, to balance this karma because the intercession of God and the violet flame and the multiplication we can achieve far more than if we say, I'm going to do it my way, you know, <laughs> which that was a song by Frank Sinatra, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do things Speaking God's way <laughs> and the benefits will be far beyond what our human consciousness can even think about. You know, and you bring up an interesting concept here, too, that is the multiplication factor that as we do decrees, and particularly, as Mrs. Prophet said, if we do them with focus, determination, they are multiplied, there's a dispensation, in fact, there are many dispensations we've been given from the masters that say, in effect, that when you do decrees for a certain length of time, we will multiply those decrees by X number of times or factors of 10. Which by- becomes geometric. Yeah. As long as we hold the chalice of the purity, our devotion, and we're not just merely repeating words. That doesn't do the trick. It's putting the fire from your heart into these words as chalices and the love of your heart. And that is what opens the door for the multiplication. That's what makes our ascension possible in this life. That's what St. Germain has promised us. Depending on how how old we are, if we have enough time left in this embodiment through these dispensations of mercy and we do our part, we can ascend in this life. That was the promise that was made to us. Yeah. And it's the, the, the factor you're talking about is the factor of the square. In other words, if I decree it's, it's the factor of one, if you and I decree it's a factor of uh, a square of two. Mm-hmm. So you take 10 people in a room and you get 100. And we have a dispensation of 10,000 times 10,000. Yeah. So this is why a small group of people with devoted hearts can change the equation of planet Earth in terms of the light they invoke. So that's why there's still hope on this planet. Well, and you brought it up last time. We brought it up before that holding the balance for millions of souls is possible because of this multiplication factor. 
if we come in humility and realize God is the doer. God is the doer, yeah. You know, and I don't prance around thinking, I'm holding the balance for millions of people. <laughs> well, I can't hold the balance for millions of people, and if I tried it, I'd fall flat on my face. It's God within us. As we position ourselves through our devotion, our humility, our prayers, our harmony, our striving, God can use the chalice of who you are, and no one may know it, but you'll know it, and God will know it. Yeah. And, and by the way, too, I think the concept of God's karma maybe took a few of you by surprise. It certainly did to us when we first came across that concept, because it's not something you hear about very much, but that God's karma is us. He made us. We're it. And, and God, look at the risk that God took in creating us. And, it, you know, it is a risk. Let's face it. Because um, we have free will. not all free will, people can choose the wrong path. Yeah. And, you know, I, we're coming up on a break here, but I just want to throw this in. You mentioned cups of light. And once I learned that, I took a look back on some of the songs that I used to sing, and they are there are many, many songs in the world that will take you in a downward spiral. Oh my you gosh. know, I'll be an angel today and a devil tonight, for instance. There's <laughs> a concept that is just it's you don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a it's got a catchy hook. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> and a lot of people are caught by that. Unfortunately, hook. hook yeah. yeah. Well, you're right. We are hard upon a break here. But when we return, we'll have more on what it means to be an apprentice of God. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. You know, if it's not too self-serving to say so, we're having a good time today. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of laughter in the yeah, room. Sorry, we hope that you're enjoying this program, too. We're in Part 12 of our Enlightenment Masterclass, and today's topic is Becoming God's Apprentice. And um, our initiations and opportunities all have the same goal, which is mastery. Here's more. John the Beloved teaches us that discipleship is apprenticing ourselves to God. Apprenticeship to God. I think that that's an amazing teaching. This teaching of discipleship by Kathumi is called initiation. Mastership is the goal. Mastership is the goal of the initiations that come to you under discipleship. And that mastership involves elemental forces, inevitably. If you cannot take dominion over the earth and subdue elemental forces, you will find yourself wanting in mastery and at a great loss to control the opposition to your life stream. It's like the storm on the Sea of Galilee. This was in opposition to Jesus. It was also in opposition to their discipleship. And, of course, it frightened them. And therefore, the storm revealed that they had subconscious fear that could be triggered by a trick of the force to create a wind, and it revealed that they didn't have the faintest idea what to do about this storm. So he calmed the sea. So you have to realize that the powers of hell will assail you before you become the Christ and afterwards with giant disturbances in the elemental kingdom. This is very practical teaching for a rainy day. This pearl is addressed to good stewards of the essence of all goodness. Discovering the lifeline to the fire of God's heart and storing it in your own chakras. Stewards of the essence of all goodness. Every one of you is a steward of some particular quality, virtue, substance, knowledge, profession for the community of the Holy Spirit, for the whole body of God in the world. The name Edward means steward of the funds. That's the meaning of the word. It's very interesting. So your names have a meaning. You can look them up in the dictionary of names. And your inner name, which no man knoweth but the Father, has a meaning. And your inner name is a code. It's a molecule of light that actually encodes your identity, your purpose, your divine plan. So you could say to God, in the name I am that I am, I call forth my true name to manifest here and now in the secret chamber of my heart as the matrix for the fulfillment of my fiery destiny. Now I would not recommend that you probe the secrets of heaven and ask God to tell you this name because this is a name that is given after your ascension. But there's no reason why you can't call for the engram of the name to work for you and leave it sealed. You know why you want it sealed? Because you are not masters of your mind. 
And the psychics and the fallen ones and the denizens of hell pick your brains, literally. And that is why you all need the shield and helmet of Archangel Michael to seal the force field of the mind so that the computers of Russian psychics or spaceships, etc., cannot simply empty your brain of its contents and therefore have the wherewithal with their computers to move against you. So you would not want those computers to record the name that only the Father knows, only your I Am Presence contains, because that name is the key to the power of your identity. And that's why it is sealed, until you become that identity fully. So the power of the name is the power of your identity. The name is, you might say, your spiritual genetic code. This is why it's important not to attempt, as the fallen ones do, to wrest the secrets of heaven, to take heaven by force. Be humble, obedient, loving, and God will show you such wonders and give you such wisdom and such power of speech and such delight in living his life that your life will be so full that you have no desire for this or that to shore up uh, a fallen identity or a misplaced person that you can't find because you can't remember who I am that I am. Good stewards of the essence of all goodness, the way of discipleship never draws to an end. The absorption of this idea is imperative in order to advance to the heights to which the very soul of God inspires you. Explore the idea as to why this is so. Blessed ones are not all things relative. Your relation to your own mighty I Am Presence is so intimate and lovely, and yet it is relative to your capacity to absorb and retain the loveliness of God. Your nearness to your I Am Presence is relative to your ability to absorb and retain the loveliness of God. What is loveliness? It's beauty, kindness, joy, love, compassion, sprinkled with wisdom. Everything that's lovely and comforting. You can't get near to God if you can't draw down by this mighty straw that you have to pull down into your being the essence of God. You have to be God to get near to Him. That's the simple formula of your discipleship, right? You have to be God. That's why you apprentice yourself to God. You know why that's such an astounding teaching of John the Beloved? Because the teacher or the master under whom you serve as an apprentice to become a carpenter, a bricklayer, an electrician, or whatever, a violinist, that teacher expects to endow you with the fullness of himself and transfer to you what he knows on that particular wavelength, that particular line. So if John says that discipleship is apprenticeship to God, you realize that means God wants to bestow Godhood upon you. And that's what John the Beloved learned from Jesus. And that's what he said in a dictation. Now that's a pretty mind-blowing statement when you start thinking about it. How many of us would have actually drawn forth the phrase apprenticeship to God? How many of us would have actually thought to think in those terms? We can rather think that we're going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus or Kathumi. And as if to say that even to become the Christ as Jesus was and is, is a big enough goal and a big enough bite to bite off. 
But John says, apprentice yourself to Almighty God, and the Father will teach you, and the Father is the great teacher. If you don't want to get too near to your I am presence because you're afraid it might take from you something you want to do in life, you will probably correspondingly tone down your absorption of God's loveliness. You will fear, actually, to have too much of God inside of you lest somehow you be swept out of the socket of life that you find enjoyable now. So people do this. They tone down the loveliness of God. If you tone it down too far, you start vibrating with the world. You start acting like the world. You start having its discord and so forth. And then it's very difficult to crank yourself up into the loveliness of God when you want a favor from God and you want to get near to Him. So if you're going to decelerate to make other people happy, you're really sacrificing your godhood and your path. But if you're going to accelerate, you are going to have to sacrifice some of those comfortable moorings and associations that simply are not of God, not pleasing to Him and not part of His being. It's basically the choice that everybody in the world has already made. But it has not been an enlightened choice. They need you to tell them why it's much happier and cozier, closer to God. And the best way of telling is being, is example. So if you aren't happy doing what you are doing, find out why. That's the key to your life. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, every time I hear these lecture excerpts, I, it's such a feast. I don't know where to begin. You know, the, the, um, the concept that we have to be God in order to draw nigh to God. I mean, it's, it's simple, and it's so true, so utterly centrally true, but do we, do we get taught that anywhere? No one ever teaches. Does anyone ever tell you you have a fiery destiny? Oh, my gosh. Does your mother or your father put you up on your knee and say you have a fiery destiny in life? Or do they say, you know, you're really a pretty worthless sinner, but there's good news, too. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I think this is, this is what is so amazing, the loveliness of God. Yeah. You know, the fallen angels would make God a tyrant because they're tyrants. And they want to make God in their own image. And that's why they've kept the truth of God. And, and I think Mrs. Prophet talked about the coziness of God. Isn't yeah. that a beautiful concept? I love it. Draw the you. loveliness, the comfort, the joy. You know, it is so beautiful. And that's not what you hear. You hear about the angry God. You know, there's an old Jonathan Edwards, the, I think an 18th century preacher, said his, one of his most famous sermons was sinners in the hands of an angry God. Mm. Well, you know, that doesn't emote coziness and love and comfort and beauty does it no and so and and if i say me say one more thing you know sure. this concept of not wanting too much of god because what's going to happen to you and i actually that happened to me where i was when i was working i thought you know if if i can become any more spiritualized will i be even able to hold a job you know <laughs> yeah. and and so i wasn't trusting that god would arrange for me to have what i need to pay my bills if i became too holy you know i was limiting god but you can see the concept that people oh, get into totally. you know well it's okay. i'll take that much of you god but i'm going to draw the line there because i like sunday afternoon football you know <laughs> exactly so whatever it is doesn't matter so but the loveliness of god think about that 
And you know, uh, a lot of times we have a tendency to think that if we if we give up all that we were and try to become as much godlike as possible, you'll lose a lot of these different aspects of what you've done in life. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, there's there are you know there's a there's a sine wave to what you do in life, and there are elements that you you will retain from your childhood, from your teenagers years, from your twenties and your thirties. Yeah. So you're not going to lose it all. You're going to you're going to keep the best of of who you've been. What you lose are those things which keep you from becoming all you really want to be. Exactly. And I think that the concept that God wants to bestow Godhood upon us. I mean, it is, that's an awesome, mind-blowing teaching. I mean, God wants company in the universe. I mean, that's not a joke. You know, he wants people that can share the joy and the love of his heart in co-creation. Yeah. That's your destiny. Well, before we go to break here, I just want to kind of plant this seed, because it was the last line that we heard from that lecture excerpt, which was, if you aren't happy doing what you're doing, find out why. That is the key to your life. Take a short break. Back in a moment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back once again. Thank you so much for staying with us. Today we're completing part 12 of our Enlightenment Masterclass, which, by the way, is based on the book, The Corona Class Lessons, which uh, we highly recommend. It's a handbook for the Aquarian Age. Pretty small little thing. <laughs> and but it's, for the Aquarian Age. No, think about that. I know. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But it is available. You can go to tsl.org slash masterclass. It'll take you right to the book. Or you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and perhaps even in your used bookstore because these get passed around quite a bit. Yeah. And this has been around for a long time, this this book. What is there, like 47 elements to that book? 48. 48. 48, yeah, 48 yeah. lectures. Uh-huh. Anyhow, you know, we've covered a lot of ground in this series, and of course we've covered a lot of ground today. The title of today's show is Becoming God's Apprentice, and we understand from what we've heard and what we know from the teachings that you have to become God, literally, to draw nigh to God, to draw nigh to his comfort, to his loveliness, to his coziness, to his warmth. I mean, th- this is a picture of God, a concept of God that is so refreshing, so joyful, so full of light and love 
it's just beyond words. Yeah. Well, if God is the big E string on a guitar, and you tune the small E string up, you bring it up to where it's vibrating mm-hmm. the same, you've got consonants. You know, yeah. you've got uh, the law of the universe. Yeah, vibration is in sync. Yeah. Well, there was one concept that came up here that I think is worth kind of revisiting, and that is that psychological problems come about as a result of the disparity of the distance between our will and God's will. Yeah, and I think we understand that, uh, you know, the Ascended Masters have told us repeatedly, look, you need to work on your psychology. You know, just acknowledging the fact that it's a result of our separation from God's will is important, but it's not enough. You have to go and get a good counselor, realize why you do what you do from this lifetime and perhaps the momentum from other lifetimes that affect you so that you can be free of those to align yourself then with God's will. They don't just disappear, these human momentums. They don't just disagree with prayer or decrees. Mm -hmm. There are some issues that have to be resolved through hard work and with a good counselor. And the masters have always supported that, but you don't do it alone. The master of your choice will be with you, whether the angels or Jesus, whoever you're close to, Gautama, whoever you're close to will help you work through these things. And that's, you know, Kathumi, who is the co-author of this book, is known as the master psychologist. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of help out there if you're willing to make the effort and get yourself right with God. You know, there are things that you have to, you know, before a ship takes off on a cruise, you have to check a lot of things and correct any problems. You don't want to leak um, mm-hmm. to be affecting you at sea and so forth. You don't want to leak in your psyche. So that's why you do your inner child work and your psychology work and acknowledge the fact that I am have these issues. You say it's because of your parents, but it's also really your karma that has brought this to you and the choices you've made. So let's go about fixing that, drawing light into our lives and saying, I choose the will of God. I want to give myself to the will of God. I trust the will of God. I trust God isn't going to do anything to me that is not in my best interest. And that is a great peace in and of itself. So let's go after the will of God, do the things we need to do, and we will fulfill our fiery destiny you know and and our, our karma puts us in the best position possible for doing just that yeah so in other words if you're not happy because of your karma you can't just sort of wash your hands and say i'm done with my karma you know there are ways that you get your christ self and god to work with you on this karma so you're not alone but you need to deal with your karma and you, know, you can be working on your karma and be very happy everything is not perfect in your world there are problems. I mean, there's always going to be problems. This is the way of the world. But you can still be happy. That, that's the thing. You don't have to wait to be happy because you have problems. You can be happy because you know who you are. You know where you're going. You know how to get there. You know that there's a purpose for dealing with problems. There's a purpose for dealing with your psychology. There's a purpose to working to resolve those nitty interpersonal relationships to balance that karma. There's a purpose to all this because you know where you're going. And so amidst the difficulties and the pain, you can be happy. Can you, uh, would it be lawful to pray for the initiations that you're ready for to come to you today? (laughs) I mean, I find I don't have to pray. They come anyway. (laughs) Just come on in. But when you commit yourself to the spiritual path, what you're saying to God is, you know, bring me those things, perhaps in an accelerated way, that I can learn so that I can build a momentum of doing the things I want to do. And the things I can handle. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. you won't be asked to handle more than you can. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, well, you could pray to have more, but you might want to be cautious. Yeah, I think so. That you just kind of take what you can handle. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite satisfied with the pace God has set for me. <laughs> well, you know, there, there is a joy that we can find in paying our debts. I mean, that 
that karma is, is an expression of God's mercy, giving us the opportunity to repay these debts. And don't be a weakling about it either. You know, uh, Mrs. <laughs> Prophet, she, well, she talks about decreeing, you know, and decreeing like, you know, okay, I am God's will manifest everywhere. You know, be forceful. I am God's will manifest everywhere. You know, Focus. speak with, yeah. And speak with the authority of your holy Christ self near I am presence. Yeah. In humility, but power. That's right. You know, there was another thing that came up in that last excerpt about, um, Leave me alone, God. Uh, I want to do this all by myself. I'm going to do it my way. I'll let you know when I need you. <laughs> you know, and you're basically denying the intercession of the mediator, your Christ self, to help you go through this. And also, you're probably canceling out or neutralizing that mercy that God is granting you by giving you your karma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that, that no, no thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm good for now, God. Bless his heart. You know, Frank Sinatra, I, he did a good job on that song, but there was just something... Uh, there was something drippy about oh, that, that. I did it my I way. I did it my way. Yeah, I, I know, follow it, God's it, will. It, it, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Anyway. Well, um, yeah, you could sing it with with different lyrics. But uh, you know what happens is um, God allows people to get to the point where they realize it's not working. Yeah. Some of us come to that point earlier than others. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, God, I can't do it my way. I need you. Yeah. And God allows us to get that point. Now, at that point, you can come and say, God is not working. I, I need you. But unfortunately, some people say, it's Too not late. working. I'm mad at you, God, because you didn't fix it for me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's your fault. I'm here. So you can see that's a divergent path. Well, and that's a lot of the underpinning of certain psychologies is to recognize that you may have some anger at God. You know, it's the thing about why do bad things happen to good people? They don't understand the concept of karma, and as a result of that, they don't put it into proper perspective. Yeah, it becomes a wrong yeah. rather than a right. You know, you have why God? Why did you let my son, daughter, wife, brother, sister die? You yeah. know, I love them. Why did you take them from yeah. me? You know, and that's people go through that emotion, and so the fact that we may have anger in our subconscious towards God for something that happened, you know, forty-seven lifetimes ago means we have to deal with it, but it's not really who we are. We have to acknowledge that it may be in us. We call for the violet flame to transmute these patterns, work through anger in general, you know, because <laughs> it manifests in other ways. There are ways to get home to God. We're, we're not destined to stay in these points of rebellion and harmony, anger forever. They're not real if we choose not to make them real. And so we can, that's how we can get through our karma. Your karma is finite. Yeah. God is infinite. That's the equation. And e- evil is not real, and its appearance has no, no power. power. <laughs> I like that. Well, and and you know that this is an illusion to some extent that what we're experiencing, the 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 negativity perhaps of a life lesson is only a perception. That if we look at it from the standpoint of the mercy, it's God's joy to give us these opportunities to accelerate, which leads me to this question because this comes up again, and sometimes we get emails about this this concept of what does it mean that the days are shortened for the elect? I want to tackle that one. Well, it's what it means is that those have committed themselves to God at every level of their being, humility and love and service, they won't have to um, endure what the world endures. The veil of tears. Yeah, because they have made the right choices and God can intercede on their behalf. And so, you know, it, it does make a difference. We don't have to be the victims of our karma or world karma at all the time. We can become masters of them. And then the days do become short. And, yeah. and then the violet flame. <laughs> adds a big dose on top of that. Does it indeed? Well, 
Um, let's, uh, we have to wrap things up, but amazingly, this hour has gone by so fast. Um, if they want to get in touch with us, Terry, what do they do? Send smoke the, signals? <laughs> they, they can. Electronic smoke signals okay. to webradio at tsl.org. Webradio at tsl.org. <laughs> and that'll work. <laughs> that'll we'll, work. We'll get, we don't want any more smoke. We've got enough here right. in the air with these Montana wildfires. Well, you know, I want to say also that always save a part of each day for God. It's always good advice. And the upward path may sometimes be difficult. The rewards are Are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Till next week, be well. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.